Six Foolish Fishermen. Once there were six brothers who decided to go fishing. So they went to the river and picked good spots from which to fish. I will sit in this boat, said the first brother. And I will kneel on this raft, said the second brother. And I will lean on this log, said the third brother. And I will stand on this bridge, said the fourth brother. And I will lie on this rock, said the fifth brother. And I will walk on this bank, said the sixth brother. And that is exactly what they did. Each brother fished from the spot he had chosen, and each one had good luck. But when it was time to go home, the brothers became a little worried. We have been near the river, and over the river, and on the river, said the brother in the boat. One of us might easily have fallen into the water and been drowned. I shall count all the brothers to be sure there are six of us. And he began to count. I see one brother on the raft, that's one. And another on the log, that's two. And another on the bridge, that's three. And another on the rock, uh, that's four. And another on the bank, that's five. Only five? Woe is me, we have lost a brother. In his sorrow, he didn't even notice that he had forgotten to count himself. Can it really be, cried the brother on the raft. Has one of us been drowned, and have we really lost a brother? And he too began to count. Uh, I see one brother on the log, uh, that's one. Uh, and another on the bridge, uh, that's two. And another on the rock, that's three. And another on the bank, that's four. And another in the boat, that's uh, five. Only five. What will our dear mother say? And he too didn't even notice that he had forgotten to count himself. Let me check from here, cried the brother on the log. I see one brother on the bridge, that's one. And another on the rock, that's two. And another on the bank, that's three. And another in the boat, that's four. And another on the raft, that's five. Five in all, oh, unhappy day. Why did we ever come here for one of us to be drowned? Then the fourth brother counted, and the fifth, and the sixth. Each one counted only five brothers, because each forgot to include himself. All the brothers went back to the shore and rushed sadly up and down the river's edge, trying to see the body of their poor drowned brother. Then along came a boy, who had also been fishing, but who had not caught a single fish. What's the matter, he asked. You seem to have plenty of fish. Why do you all look so sad? Because six of us came here to fish, and now there are only five of us left. One of our dear brothers has been drowned. The boy looked puzzled. What do you mean, only five left? How do you figure that? Look, I'll show you, said the eldest brother, and he pointed to his brothers. One, two, three, four, five. Six of us came here, and now only five are going back. Sad is the day. The boy turned to hide his smile, and then he turned back. I think I can help you find your lost brother, he said. When I squeeze your hand, I want you to count. As hard as he could, he squeezed the hand of each of the brothers in turn. One, yelled the first brother, and he rubbed his aching hand. Two, cried the second brother, and he jumped up and down because of the hard squeeze. Three! 
shouted the third brother. Four, shrieked the fourth brother. Five, screamed the fifth brother. Six, roared the sixth brother. Six. The brothers looked at each other in delight. There were six of them again. They cheered for joy and slapped each other on the back. Gratefully, they turned to the boy. Here, they said, we insist that you take all of our fish. We can never thank you enough for finding our dear lost brother. As the boy happily accepted their gift, the six foolish fishermen went their merry way.
Flat Black Plastic is the name of the show. Station you are tin- tuned into and tinned into and turned into is mutinyradio.fm.
people thanks for listening to listening to the last of the flat black classic and uh remember keep coming back because you deserve it you earned it Rain just listen. Come. No, just listen. And you would no, 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 no. Just listen. Catch it in First vessels. of all, she had she drove an old van, an old did. Dodge van, one of the pop-up roofs with the engine in the middle that they don't make anymore. Yeah. That we ended up selling to the circus, but it didn't have steering uh, power it's steering. It's crazy out there in the I mission know, right I love now. It. it didn't have power steering, so she was buffed from that. And then the way that we brought the water home to the cabin was through uh, pickle buckets. 10, 10 gallon pickle buckets, five 20 gallon, gallon, pickle. Five, five five. gallon pickle buckets. So we would go to the marina and we would fill up our pickle buckets and we would bring them back to the cabin. But the real reason I love rain is because you want to know what happens? Uh, why? People get My wet. My hair loves it. Really? My hair loves the rain. I like, I like the, the fact rain. that you get wet. I like, I like I mean, getting wet I mean, not like you too. getting wet, but no. just the fact that People you're getting get wet. wet. I, I, I love it. I love what happens to my hair. I love what happens to the pavement. I love what happens to the smell in the air. Yes. No, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's one of the greatest things. But I the remember worst last week we were lamenting. We were lamenting. We were like, rain, rain, rain. We were like Peter Gabriel rain dancing in here. Rain, rain, rain. Beautiful I think that rain. was the ecstasy that somebody put in your cider. No, that was what I was doing afterwards. And it started, no, no they didn't put that in my cider. Oh. They put that in my mouth. Oh, really? It was called Moon Rocks. Oh, I see. Some of the last. Speaking of rain, we're going to let it pour. Keep me dry. I keep it full when I go outside. I like the rain, how it trickles down the top of my hand. I got no need for coats and boots. When you got dirt, who needs you? So come get me clouds, I'm not afraid of you. Let it It got to come to me, yeah It been a while up the puddles pile up in my head
nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com. So, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm going to do, and I know, yeah. so I'm going to put, if you want to try to talk in the other mic, Blitz and I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Yeah. Oh, Join do it again. Every Sunday, 2 yeah. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Welcome. Let's okay. watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. <laughs> How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. <laughs> I love David Stolowitz. I hope you guys do check it out. Welcome back. This is live now. MutinyRadio.fm. You are tuned in to Friends with Jenna Fitz. I'm your host, Jen Eros, and I'm going to play some music for you as we're going to get started. I have a wonderful guest calling in today in just a few moments, so... Get your friends listening. Get them over right. to www.mutinyradio.fm. Hit that donate button or come on out to the studio, 2781 21st Street. See what we've got going on here. We've got a stage. We've got seats for 25, 30 people. And just a wonderful thing that we can experience together because this place is built on community. And here we are. Friends with Jenna Fitz is every Saturday, 2 to 4 p.m. And I am going to be playing some Coldplay. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Home 
Check for Blitzen's Ball. Happy holidays to everyone out there and all of our listeners here at Mutiny Radio. Have a fun night ahead of us.
Welcome back. Again, this is MutinyRadio.fm. You're listening to Friends with Jenna Fitz. I'm your host, Jen Eros, and I'm looking forward to a great conversation today. My dear friend Randall Dark has been in touch with me over the past year and a half, and I'd love to catch up with what he's got going on now. Uh, No ordinary connection. I was on Stage32.com, and he was one of the welcoming people there for one of the Introduce Yourself weekends. And when I found out how much he's been involved in, and he asks me, Jennifer, how can I help you? That just starts off everything, doesn't it? To be welcoming, to be accessible, 
and there is nothing over the course of time that has changed my opinion on this is his character this is who he is so he has some phenomenal things and insights to share i'd love for you guys to be listening in uh make sure when you go to mutinyradio.fm hit that donate button we are looking for some upgrades before our comedy festival coming up in march uh we did have a microphone go out last week but it seems to be working now and grateful for anything that we can that can keep us going because you know we do this for community we do this for the world uh we are not regulated by the fcc so yeah some of this stuff's not as filtered as you know you might need if you're listening at work from your laptop but uh glad you're joining us anyway you know what is the freedom of speech without responsibility to the fact that we have things to say we have truths to bring light to and I now have a call from Randall Dark, so hang in there. Here's a little more cold play as I switch over. My heart is yours. See that I hold on to. That's what I do. And on the phone we have today, Randall P. Dark. How are you doing there, Randall? I am fantastic. How are you? Uh, I am in agreement that you're fantastic, but you won't take that. You have no ego for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful day today. Well, good. And you're in Austin, Texas today? Yes, I am. Um, I'm uh, in beautiful, uh, well, outside of Austin, uh, the rolling hills of Austin. That's where that's where I live, and I have my office. And so uh, every every day is uh, just a blessing. It's just so nice here, and the people are great. And uh, um, I get to watch the sunset over the rolling hills of Austin, and it's a uh, it's a good place to be. Excellent. Now you're in Austin right now, but you told me. A time ago, when you were a teenager, you decided never to live someplace more than a few years. How has that worked out for you, and where have you been otherwise? Well, yeah, when I started um, my traveling and working. Like I'm, I'm what's called a rainmaker. So basically, wherever I live, is, you know, I, I write, direct, and produce theater, and then I got involved in high definition, et cetera, et cetera. But in the early years, of my theater years. Um, I started in Ottawa, and then I, I left Ottawa, and I moved out west, so Calgary, and I did shows in Calgary, I did shows in Banff, did shows in Edmonton, um, then um, came back into uh, uh, the States and, and uh, New York City, I was there for a while, San Francisco, Los Angeles, I was there for a while. Um, and uh, now I'm in uh, beautiful, beautiful Austin. And my wife is from Georgetown, actually, uh, which is north of Austin. Uh, so we're we're not moving anymore. We're we're here. And you're so, settled uh, no in. No more. No, we're uh, we're settled in. We love our house. We love our neighbors. And uh, it's close to the nieces and her parents. So um, this is this is uh, where I am, and it's a great place to be. 
That's excellent. Um, So this is now your favorite place to be. What were some of the experiences in those travels that you're glad that you picked up along the way? Well, when I lived in New York City, I worked out of the Ed Sullivan Theater. And, you know, one day we were doing... um, some projects for MTV and Unplugged, and Aerosmith showed up, and I got to tour Aerosmith through the, you know, the the, the famous um, Ed Salmon Theater. There's, you know, that's not too too shabby. That's not shabby at all. In fact, with my name Jen Eros, I figured if I had a backup band, they'd have to be called the Eros Myth. So <laughs> nice. I like that. At some point, we'll work on the music, and I've got to put a band together first. So, no, but yeah, um, yeah New York City, Ed, the Ed Sullivan Theater, isn't that the same place where uh, David Letterman has also used that space? Exactly. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's 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 been used and abused for many many years. At one time, I think I think it was called the Hammerstein Theater, and it was uh, in the early early years it, it, it was a legit theater house, and uh, they turned it into a, a illegitimate TV studio. Now it's illegitimate. <laughs> uh, they turned it into a TV. You know, one of the first TV studios and. Uh, the rest, uh, the rest is history. Some of the most amazing acts performed on that stage. Wow! Over the years, it's, it's, it's just so great when, to have a great history. So, when you were using that as your office space, what what Shit. would a typical day look like? Who did you have working with you, and what were your projects like? There was a variety of different things. Um, we we did uh, a lot of shooting New York City, obviously, because it's such an amazing. You know, no matter where you look, downtown, uptown, crosstown, there's incredible buildings, incredible sights and sounds. Um, so we did a lot of shooting and editing there. Uh, we had, you know, first-generation high-definition cameras and first-generation tape decks, you know, reel-to-reel. And it was, it was, it was just um, an incredible time doing everything from documentaries to non, you know, fiction to... Um, yeah, music video. So it was, it, and I'll, I'll, just whatever we thought of, we'd go and shoot it and do it. So it was, it was a great experience. I, I, got, I cut my teeth uh, in high definition in the Hidalgo Theater, so that's not, that's not too shabby. Right. Well, and didn't you also take it to the NFL? Yeah, well, yeah, we we shot you know, we shot uh, one of the first, if not the first. I, I gotta check the record books. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but <laughs> if if not the first, one of the first uh, uh, football games, and and you know we showed it to the different uh, people that are involved in the NFL, and we shot we shot hockey games. Did the same thing from with hockey. Um, we shot obviously soccer, which is a, you know a worldwide sport. Um, yeah. It's bigger than football. Hard, just hard to believe. Yeah. But so yeah, I got to do a lot of the uh, sporting events uh, in high definition. So it's, and I'm a huge sports fan. You know, I play every sport. I love sports. So you know, they had me at hello on that one. Right, right. And don't you have some brothers also that are into sports that kind of got you involved? Um, yeah, my my older brother Brett was was um, you know a, a really good hockey player and. Uh, and so he kind of supported me when I was, you know, younger and taught me how to be better at what I was doing. And um, 
Yeah, so that, I got, I got. It's genetic, I guess. There's got to be some gene in there. Well, it's always better to have a sport when you're sharing with somebody that you're close to, especially if you're going to beat him up. It's got to be a brother, right? Oh, yeah, well, I was the younger brother. Trust me, they all beat me up. Yeah, I was the younger sister, so I learned all about football doing the flea flicker. I didn't know oh, I was okay. the flea. <laughs> I didn't know I was there the flea. Go. But, um, <laughs> no, we had a court across the street, and we get all the kids together. My dad, my brother was the tallest, so, of course, he was always the quarterback. And you'd mm-hmm. use the bottle cap for your quarterback on your hand, so he was always the seven-up cap and then would show the direction on his hand where he wanted you to go. So, yeah, the fake handoff to me was never quite as convincing as we hoped, but, you know, then he could pass it to the person he wanted to if I got to be enough of a distraction. So, um, but it was cool. I mean, six years older than me, you do what you can. I was involved. I was included. That was the best part. So, um, so you're the youngest of... How many? Uh, uh, yeah, just yeah, have... four. I, I, I have three All boys? older brothers. All, All boys. boys. Yeah. So anybody out there that you felt like you were following in their footsteps or their shadow or everybody kind of went their own way? How would you describe that? Everyone pretty well went their own way. You know, my brother Shane, who's a, a world-class sculpture artist, you know, you know, I went into the theater and he went into the arts. And, you know, if you look at, if you, if people are listening, if you Google search Shane, S-H-A-Y-N-E, dark, D-A-R-K, you'll see his sculptures are, are, are spectacular. As a matter of fact, he just, he just uh, has three huge ones in Toronto. And one of them is, uh, is I think, eight stories tall or seven stories tall and punches through a building. It's, it's, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Right, and wasn't he just recently, because this is when we reconnected after a period of time, you sent me a message that last night your brother Shane was inducted, let me read this again, it just shrunk on me. Um, no, it, 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 it hasn't officially happened yet, and we're keeping it quiet. So oh, 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 oh. Okay, so hopefully nobody's listening to my show, we'll just put it out there later, <laughs> that we knew in advance something, something, Shane's yeah, a great artist. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting, though. I mean, to see that they're doing well as as much as I mean, you've definitely forged your own way through life. But to me, it's always sounded in our conversations that you've been more than willing to share that adventure with the people around you. How did you get involved on sharing things about high def or the other projects you were on? Well, the thing is, it's part of its marketing. You know, one of my my best friend, who happens to uh, be my wife, um, in the you know early years of, of high definition, when I had my company in Dallas, um, it's all about marketing. And if 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 people don't read about you, you don't exist. So one of the things that was really important was to market the company. And Kristen was a um, a good marketing, but also a really, really good producer. So you have, it's a team that you have. So when we would show up with, you know, a high definition truck, we had the best engineers, we had the best producers, we had the best camera people that I could possibly find. What's sad is I got most of the credit where it was really, really a team effort. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't have done all those fun things uh, in high definition in the especially in the early years, without the incredible people that were working with me. 
Um, and I will say they work with me, not for me. You know, I always, I always, I think that's really important. It's how you, how you treat people is so important. Yeah. And, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's like a hierarchy at times and, and, you know, but I always went, my production assistant is just important as my engineer and should be treated such. Yeah. So, and I think that's a good message for people that are listening is that you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so make sure your right. weakest link is strong. Right. And, and, and by doing that is give them encouragement, give them good training, give them support. And uh, at the end of the day, it, everyone's happy. Yeah. And uh, along with that, did you have some of the crew that would work together on, on multiple things or did you find yourself changing it up based on what the pro product was that you were trying to create? No, I, no, most of the time it was the same group of people, the same crew I try to take with me. Um, because you know, you get, you get used to the team and they work like clockwork as a, a together, and mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of times the camera people would be booked, so you, you you wouldn't have the exact same camera people. But you know, talent is talent. There's one thing about about this planet. There's a lot of very, very, very talented people out there, and 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 you, you know, once you find them, you don't want to let them go. So I was I was blessed to be able to have some really good people with me. Well, especially on some of the things that you were focusing on, I noticed that you did a lot of documentaries. Can you tell me about what spurred your interest and how did the technology help to foster what you were trying to achieve? Well, I think the the best example of that is is one that we did a while ago called Macario is a Rising Tide, and and I I thought it was really important for us to do it for a number of reasons. Um, it told the story of 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 the school in the Dominican Republic and why you need to feed children, why you need to educate them, and and it, it's and it's it's a it's about the school and and these people and. I firmly believe that when you saw this documentary on a high-definition TV, a 70-inch TV, it's so real. It's like you're there. And you look at these kids, and, and because it's almost like you could reach out and touch them. They're that real. And if, you've, and if you evoke some sort of response, and, and uh, you would go, you know what? I want to help those children. Mm -hmm. So you'll reach into your pocket and you'll pull out a few dollars or you'll go and, and or you'll volunteer or it doesn't have to be that. You just, Makara's, it could be, it could be anything. But because, because it was so real and so vivid, I believe it would touch you in a way that you would have to do something. And, and I think high definition, um, one of the great things about high definition, sure, sports are phenomenal and, and you know, Celebrity talk shows are fun because, you know, you see what they really look like. But I think one of the biggest things that have happened is documentaries, and not just mine. There's, you know, there's, Johnny Limson, there's, there's, there's like, there's so many people like, like Joni and, and Kristen and that go out and tell amazing stories. Um, you know, that there's, and, and whether it's it's a story about children or educational, like you know, this is a friend of mine who's about to do a documentary about bees, for goodness sake, and, mm -hmm. and how important you know the honeybee is, and, and and we learn from them, and we we share these experiences in a technology that makes you feel like you're there. So that's that's why I think it's so special now. Oh yeah, sorry, I dropped my phone onto the 
the panel here. Um, okay. No, but I was remembering in, in trying to get that expression of need across to people, it really seemed you were bringing the technology to the level of the need to make it so tangible for people to really have the experience that they were trying to be a, a beneficial part of the results. So mm-hmm. I thank you for that. Um, you can use that tagline any time. You know, Jen Arrow says, I was bringing the technology to the level of the need. So <laughs> yeah, That's great. Um, but you have a lot of other things that you've done for kids and lately. Um, don't you have a book in production that you're working on? Yes. Um, many years book. ago, yeah, many years ago, I used to write and direct and produce a lot of children's uh, things. And then uh, some people came across Tell a Sasquatch, which toured Canada as a play, and they made it into an animated app that I really, really like, and they did a good job. And, and then I was going, you know, I, I want to I do another one. I want to do something that has vertical integration. So what I'm writing right now, it's, it's called Easter Frog, the Brains Behind the Bunny. And mm-hmm. basically it tells the story of how the Easter Bunny came about because I've talked to, what, 200 people. I've asked that same question. How did the Easter Bunny come about? And nobody knows. Well, I do. I know okay. how it happened. And, and so I'm, I'm writing the book slash play slash screenplay uh, right now. It's, 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 it's the first draft is done, and you know, you know, I'm going to do a second draft. Uh, and then I'll start showing it around and see what happens. But um, it, it, it's a parallel. It's really about children. Um, and if that are struggling, and then they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see, and they they get teased, and they you know how how difficult it is being a young child nowadays because they cell phones and people are mean, and so I'm disguising it by the, you know the the children are actually uh, the frogs in the book. <laughs> okay. But the brain's behind the bunny. I know you don't want to give too much of the story away until it's all finished, but um, I really applaud that you are taking that focus towards the kids. It's yeah, I think we have to because it's it's tough out there, and and people even ourselves will look in the mirror and we don't like what we see, so we we hide who we really are by pretending were something else and 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 that's what the frogs do they they make bunny outfits and they crawl in the bunny outfits because everyone loves a cute poppy bunny and bunnies are soft and cuddly and and acceptable yeah and it breaks the frog's heart that they have to do this but that that's what they have to do to deliver the easter eggs they have to be in bunny outfits wow and that is difficult too because uh trying to figure out the skin we live in you know, is yeah. it what we were given or is it who we become because of those trials out there, whether people are rejecting you or accepting you and what you're willing to bend to in order to have that yeah. acceptance. So it's an interesting uh, subject. I'm hoping that that project, um, do you have any idea? I know you're a perfectionist when it comes to your own special work. So how, how long do you see before this will be hitting the shelves? As soon as I get funding, I'm looking for investors right now. Okay. That's good to know. So if you guys are interested, get a hold of me and I can get you his information. Uh, But Randall, you also have a blog spot. Do you want to go ahead and give a shout out on that one real quick? They can follow you. Yeah, they can follow the adventures. It's just, you know, the, the 
you know, it's a, a, a really good friend set this up for me, and uh, it's it's a blog. It's Randall Dark Productions News. So if you if you go to the it's you know Randall Dark News Blogspot dot com, and and what's fun about it is. Uh, it's got almost my entire history, starting from writing, directing, producing theater, all the way to, um, you know, being interviewed um, for different magazines. And what's, what I like about the, this is, it's not what I say about me; it's what other people have written about me. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not my train of thought, or you know, it's. If you click on any of the dates on the right-hand side, it's a it's an article telling you what I'm been doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's fun. So it's fine that other people are willing to talk about you in this way. That's great. <laughs> well, I've been I, I've been I've been lucky, you know, and blessed my entire career where I, I get to do really interesting things, and and people have been generous about writing stuff about it and putting it in different magazines. So, uh, and I'm, I'm not, um, I, I think it's really, really important that we share our knowledge, share what we know. I, you know, I think that so many times it's behind closed doors, you know, it's, you're not supposed to see behind the, you know, the no, you should let everyone look behind the door, share the information. Um, so you would be it's Toto pulling the curtains back from the Wizard of Oz, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think we have to. We need. No, now, don't get me wrong. I think there, there's some things, you, you know, I'll go, yo, you really don't want to pull that curtain. Because right. the, the magic is, is in, in, in what you see. But I, I think there are really good um, information in these articles that people can read and go, oh, that's how we did it. Oh, that's how he, he was able to do that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the, the technology he used. Because the, whether it's JBC or Sony or Mitsubishi or Samsung, all these wonderful companies that I've been able to work with, um, I want people to know that, you know, that documentary I shot with the HD uh, Sony camera, HD cam, and that one I shot with the JVC 4K, and that one I shot with. You know, I think, I, I think that it's beneficial for for filmmakers to look at what other people are doing and and learn from their mistakes. We, you know, I'd rather learn from someone else's mistakes than learn from my mistakes. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I really do appreciate everything that you have there when you go and check out the blog spot. But can you explain to me how you got on the cover of the same magazine as the First Lady of China back in the spring of 2014? Oh, Which magazine was, was this? Was, uh, it, it's a magazine out of China. Um, uh, that was um, I, you know, part of education. I think it's really, really important that you know film festivals happen and Jeff Green um, has very good connections with the, the Chinese and the Chinese government so we started a film festival uh, and we've done it twice we're gonna hopefully we'll do it next year we're trying to it's tricky uh, but we've done it twice so far and they they wrote they wrote about it uh, in this magazine and they put both of us I have a tiny little spot on the cover it's mostly you know her it's mostly her as it, which it, which it should be. <laughs> well, yeah, considering it's still you on the cover with her, <laughs> that's yeah, not bad. Um, I mean, that's not shabby. Yeah. 
um, that no, they're bringing fine. the attention to your story in there also. Um, but was that a surprise to you? I mean, obviously they did an interview. Did you know this was coming around that time that she might also be on the cover? Um, no, because you can just do things and move on. Yeah. So it 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 worked out well. I I'm not trust me. I'm not complaining. Right. Was, right. Was, Anywhere you can but, spread the uh, limelight, it doesn't hurt yeah, that badly. And, you know, yeah, and you know, th- th- I've been, you know, on the cover of Marquee Magazine and videography, and you know, I've been, I've been just so, as I said, blessed to, to get to do really cool projects, and people want to read and they write about them, so it's, 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 it's just a win-win. Awesome. Uh, beyond the book, what other things? I mean, I've noticed that you've been involved with it, what over two hundred films at this point. I don't have a full count because I'm sure you kept doing more since that was printed. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But they're very diverse, you know. Whether it has to do with the ecology or you get a really sweet story involved in there, uh, something about knitting. I don't even remember half the <laughs> movies that you've done something about. Um, what draws you to a project like that? That, I mean, on the outside, just looking at the style, uh, none of them seem really cohesive except for the fact that you were involved at some level. So how do you yeah, choose? A lot of times they choose me. You know, it falls into my lap. Um, I, I've been able to um, do different projects for different companies, and everything fascinates me so I look at if you're the best in the world whether it's knitting or um, building you know I shot guys that made violins you know how, how do you make a violin that was fascinating That's so amazing. if you're really good at something um, I want to I want to tell the story and, and I've been lucky enough to tell a lot of different stories in my career um, and and I'm not and some people get pigeonholed, unfortunately, where they go, oh, he only does documentaries about wildlife or he only does documentaries uh, about, uh, you know, buildings. You know, I've, yeah, or I've she been... can only be in an action movie or a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get it. So I've been lucky enough to be able to go, hey, I, everything, I, I'm fascinated by everything. And, and if you surround yourself with really talented people, at the end of the day, the documentary won't suck because the people you're working with are really talented and really good. Right. Um, so it's a, and, and the thing is, too, I don't get bored easily with because I'm doing so many different things. So when I show up on location to do a, a, a documentary about whatever, like <clears throat> the Albuquerque Balloon Festival, I got to do a documentary about that. How cool. That's I got to go funny. up in a balloon. You know, so and you talk to these people and going, you know, you do this every year and and why and and so you hear their stories and you meet so many really amazing people. The planet is full of just so many cool people, and I get to meet a lot of them. So I feel that with you, you've always had, like you said, these blessings or this good luck coming your way. Has there ever been a moment where you've said, why am I doing this? This is not what I want to be doing or had a, no. it's just always been a joy for you. Yeah. Well, there's been situations, financial situations where it's been very stressful and very difficult. Um, and, and this point in my career, like if anyone's listening, I'm going, it's, 
it, it's tough to to do. Even though I've done all these different things, people want young, fast. So right now, for me to find projects and find funding for projects is very, very, very difficult because the world has changed. Everybody with a camera uh, and a computer is a writer, director, producer, cinematographer, and can go out and do things, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the clients I used to have, I don't have anymore because, you know, they they move on and the business moves on. And, you know, the, a lot of the companies that, that I used to work with, they don't have the budgets anymore to do these sort of things, or they do it in-house. Um, so the, the climate has changed dramatically for uh, for filmmakers, it's, and I think if the filmmakers are listening, they're all shaking their head yes going, it's, it's, it's difficult, mm -hmm. unless you're living in L.A. and you're doing it, or New York. Um, Chicago has a good scene, <clears throat> but it's, it's tough to make a living nowadays. Yeah, and as you mentioned, New People are gravitating towards L.A. and New York still, but I met you through Stage32.com, and what I liked about the principle of that is you could network from anywhere in the world with people of various yep. talents for your project. How much have you used that as a resource? Um, not, not enough yet. Um, I've only been on it for, you know, four or five months, I think. Um, I'm still looking at different things, and... Um, I'm putting stuff out, um, but I think it's a very, very important site. Uh, like LinkedIn, uh, like Twitter, everything. Like some people hate Facebook for marketing, and they use it to, you know, show what their kid had for dinner. I use it. I use Facebook mostly for marketing. Mm -hmm. um, like I use LinkedIn. Like I use Stage 32. Uh, all these things are ways to reach uh, people in in different ways because you're on a bus or you're you're at a movie theater you look around everyone is looking at their handheld device nowadays mm -hmm. that's that's the world we live in so yeah. you've got to you've got to enter that world you got to be part of it right and stage 32 it's it's more than a directory it's it's truly you have meetups in specific areas in the lounge yep. so if you are yep. just photographers trying to solve something you can talk technically with other photographers or exactly. if exactly or you're looking to hire different actors or actresses that can do a scene where they're having to be submerged in water for a length of time <laughs> you know yep. it's i've got a guy i've got to float down the river like he's dead and i found one through stage32.com so <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's where I think the it's technology. A great yeah, it's it's interesting too because you can find out their timeline when they're available, if they're going to be in the area, if they can do the music from, as you said, Ottawa, Canada, or if they're in Spain. Like I have a connection now through Stage Thirty Two that she's helping me with some writing projects. Um, it's oh, a phenomenal outreach, and yeah, uh, I mean, this is how I got to meet you. So I love it. I thought it was amazing when you first connected with me um, for all the resources and, and the knowledge base that you carry with you that through this, you reached out to me. And so I thank you. It's oh, my pleasure. it's emboldening because there is a lot of mystery to uh, how to navigate these areas and uh, which resources would be available without having to relocate yourself to LA or New York or one of these other hubs. I know India has a huge uh, interest. Also, I get people asking to join my site on stage32.com that are creating movies in India. Well, I haven't been there yet. 
but the opportunities open up. So, um, do you think you can maybe have your finger on the pulse of what the next wave might be since you've been at this a while, you've seen trends over time? Well, uh, I, I didn't say fortune teller was on your strengths. I'm just guessing. (laughs) There's certain things that are going to blow up like, um, Virtual reality in the gaming world is 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 going strong, and and there's a following there. Uh, AR is is getting some attention uh, to some degree, but there's I, I've yet to see anything that's going to revolutionize um, what we do and how we do it in in the entertainment world. Uh, 3D is a one-trick pony. Uh, there will always be 3D gimmick-type movies, and for some things, it's great. Uh, but is, is it going to replace the TV in the house? No. Um, we're not going to be watching everything in 3D. That's just not how it's going to be. Because um, there's there's something about the way we like to watch our television and the willing suspension disbelief kicks in, and it... it it can't be something that's artificial. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game, you know, uh, it, it, it's a 12-camera shoot, and you get the best angles, and you don't need it in, in order where you want it in 3D. So I, I don't think there's any – go circle all the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any technology coming out that is going to – revolutionize or evolutionize mm-hmm. um, what we have right now. I was... I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I was interested this summer. We went in July for four weeks to Europe, and one of the things we did is we went to a museum in Germany, in Munich, and mm-hmm. they had a section on technology. And they had the Mickey Mouse telephone in there they had a bart pass in there and i was like even a galaxy phone uh was in there a 2012 galaxy phone and i thought this is like stuff i've got out in the back shed (laughs) you know the uh the things that used to be carpet weights you know you used to use them until you didn't and now everything is uh you wait for the day they put that sticker on your house that they're going to collect for e-waste um but some of these things going backwards, I think, also help to fortify. Uh, there are things that have not been reproduced into the new technology, and so you kind of still need uh, an operational set of equipment, whether it's for your VHS, for your wedding, or uh, some people don't have the access to transfer those over to digital. Um, at what point does this speeding up the advent of technology like you're always having new apps or you have new downloads or you have new upgrades uh at what point does it just burn it out to where it's not new anymore or you need to rely on some of the old technology anyway you don't exactly make it totally obsolete no i don't think you know i I, it's that's a kind of a difficult question to answer Um, the technology that we have, that you know, that whether it's a, a Canon 5D camera or or whatever uh, image capturing device, you know, 
it it can be it can be around for 20 more years. I don't think it's going to go obsolete. And that you know, editing is editing. The, the, you may get a faster computer or you know a bigger um, drive, but at the end of the day, it's the it's the people that sit in the chair that or that carry the camera that shoot. That's that's the organic life forms create. Uh, technology is there to be used or abused, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I just think people are have always told stories uh, and will always tell stories. And uh, you know, you look at some of the documentaries that were done 20 years ago; they're they're fantastic. You look at ones that were done yesterday, and it's fantastic. So, talent is talent. Um, you know, if you look at if, look at the old masters. Uh, if you go to an art museum and, and you see paintings that were done in the 16th century and they're spectacular and you look at one that was done yesterday and it's spectacular so mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it always will be I guess is the quick answer yeah and uh, I've said this before on my show I'll share with you now is uh, regardless of which medium you're using if it's a microphone if it's a paintbrush if it's shooting film and a camera uh, it's it's akin to holding the taproot to the universe. You know, we just have this access point where we can bring things through that didn't exist before or need to exist in a new way. And so the creative process for me, it's just a wonderful saturation point when it can all come together and still speak truth to someone else. And uh, I appreciate the truth that you share with all the technology you've been using and your enthusiasm and that you've been going out and you're even on speaking panels at times. Uh, how does that invitation come out to you? Wait, you I'm sorry, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, you, you, you've told me before that uh, to promote something new, instead of hiding the information, you're out there sharing it, getting out on, on yeah. panels that are... Um, yeah. Presenting information. How, where have you done this? What types of stuff have you shared? I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Jackson Hole Wildlife Film Festival. I, I've spoken there a bunch of times. And, and you know, the Ojai Film Festival, I've spoken there, and the Dallas Film Festival or Dallas Video Festival. Um, almost any film festival that will contact me and, and whether they like me moderating panels or bringing some of my, my uh, friends who are in the business um, and a lot of times I try to keep what we say really really short and saying look I, I'm up here with five world leading experts uh, in, in the entertainment industry questions and I, th- I think it's more important that we do make it as interactive as possible so when someone raises their hand they go you have a question for anybody up here and 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 we, we keep the answers succinct and and short, so we try to get as many answers and information as possible. And I think most people want to do that. They want to share what they know, you know, and 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 help each other. I think I think that's human nature now, um, and I, I think that's really important that we do that. And I love doing it. So if there's any film festivals out there that need help, give me give me a shout. Awesome, awesome. Have you had? Any surprises of somebody that was a fan of yours that told you how you specifically helped them in what they chose to do? Yeah, that, that I've been, I've been, and I don't want to get into details of something like that because that's it's private and personal. But okay. you know, the, the 
there has been, a, you know, many people have come up and, and have thanked me and, or thanked other people on the panel. That, uh, because we, we like being inspired. And if you see something um, that you like and, and you go, man, I, I want to do that or I, I, I could do that. And, and that's, you know, one of the, I think one of the most important things about film festivals. You want to, sure, you want to show what you've done, but you also want to inspire. You want people to go out and be your competition. I love that. I think that's important. We get better by sharing information. I believe so, too. I believe so, too. Yeah. And, yeah, your spirit of generosity on that level, I, I really appreciate. So I want to tell you that, yes, you've made a difference uh, by being an example of who you are by what you do and how you bring oh, that you. focus to the things that really matter to the rest of us. And uh, we might not otherwise be able to see it were it not for your efforts. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, and so, thank everyone who else is doing it. You know, you know, I, there are so many people out there that are doing the exact same thing, and we 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 need to turn to them, and we need to be be thanking each other a little bit more often. I think I, I think at times we take things for granted, and we shouldn't. Right, and and I know you've been ultimately patient because I've wanted to have you on this show for a while. Uh, we will be replaying portions of this uh, in the future, if that's all right by you. Um, oh, absolutely. But all of these shows are archived here at mutinyradio.fm. And this, again, as a reminder at the top of the hour, this is Friends with Jennifer. You're listening to Jen Eros. I'm your host talking with Randall P. Dark. And, Randall, are there some other ways that people can follow you? You'd like to um, give a shout-out, give them some information, or other projects that you've done that they can look at that you think stand out and and should be shared some more um I, no i i think if you if you just google search um that's one thing that's fantastic about technology you just google <laughs> search randall dark productions and a list will come up because some people may want to be may be interested in the uh the pbs documentary on you know about the albuquerque bloom festival others will, will may want to watch macario's a rising tide or you know the one about educating and feeding children and and all all the other ones so it's it's um you know it's easy by just going there and just scrolling and and taking a look and picking out what you want um we've tried to make it as easy as possible and thanks to technology it can be so (laughs) again um i'm gonna close there but i thank you so much for making the time for me today that you could uh, call in and enjoy that lovely wife of yours in austin texas uh were you guys getting much on the uh, hurricane front coming towards you how have you been with the weather the weather here's been been pretty pretty spectacular we've been we've been lucky um it's been windy but that's about it it's mostly the the other places are getting hit, but we've dodged it. Well, so I just want to thank you again for uh, having me on your show. I appreciate it, and uh, you know, anytime you want me back, just let me know. Absolutely, thank you so much, dear. And yeah, just uh, keep avoiding the hurricanes as you will. Stay lucky in life. <laughs> Stay charming. Always. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank Looking you. To it. Thank you so much. You Bye-bye. bet. Thanks. So this is, again, MutinyRadio.fm. You're listening to Friends with Jenna Fitz every Saturday, 2 to 4 p.m. 
put a little music on for a bit. We'll come up with some other topics. If you have any questions, feel free to call me now at 415-550-0511 or stop on by the studio sometime. I'd love to chat it up at 2781 21st Street in Florida here in San Francisco. So thanks again for joining me. Little segue here and I'll be right back.
that I heard it. Everything was oh so classy. We were sitting around in our Sunday best, having a family meal. Everyone was oh so polite. Everything was so clean. And then my face had started to pucker and it looked like I'd just bit into a lemon. I couldn't help it, it started to vibrate in my body. <laughs> it was like being possessed. And I said, no, 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 don't do it. You can play anything you want. You can get funky and you can even swing. You can express yourself with attitude and be rude as long as you're apologetic at the end. Just don't, don't play that filthy cool. friends they, they said hey listen we really like you a lot we enjoy your company but uh well you know you're not always welcome i mean you're welcome always just when you come alone and when you don't bring unwanted company you know well my friends that like to dance around they never really mean to say what's on their mind they're sort of passive aggressive and not direct but I can't come correct because I know what they're thinking about and I'm pretty sure they know that I'm thinking about it. In fact, I can't stop. It just keeps popping up in my head. I'm thinking about it right now. I bet you're thinking about it too. I bet you're thinking about it too. All I want to do is think about it and play it. Yeah. Well, I had to tell my boss that I quit my job because I had to play it. My boss didn't really think too kindly of that. And my landlord said, hey, where's the rent? And I said, well, I've been really busy. You see, I've been really busy playing my music and working on my art. Yeah. Well, if you can't pay the rent, then you gotta get out of here. And so I grabbed my stuff and moved out to under the freeway. Now with no job and no place to stay, and no friends around me or any kind of food to eat and a rumbling in my belly, finally I was free. Nobody was gonna bother me. I could do it all I want. All day, all night, I just wanna, I wanna play that filthy My life used to have purpose. It used to have meaning. I used to have goals that I'd work towards. I had friends and uh, travel plans. I even had status and social power. I used to dress good, look good, and get laid, and wear my shades in the club. And uh, everywhere I walked, well, people knew my name, and they said, hey, and I'd, I'd wave at them. Well, all of that was overrated. I don't need any of that. I mean, it was nice while it lasted, but nothing ever stays because the only thing I have now is I'm self-reliant. I don't need anyone. I don't need you. I don't need you to tell me what to do.
fuck you, leave me alone.